0: Welcome to another episode of Unpublished. My name is Amy. I'm James. And today I want to talk about being a multidisciplinary artist or an artist with multiple projects on the go. This has been something that I feel like has been coming up a lot. I've been, um, a lot of multidisciplinary artists or artists with a lot on have been reaching out to me, talking about how we can balance our lives like this, talking about whether it's possible to be an artist that does multiple things. Um, And I just thought it was time to bring this to the table.
1: Yeah, really interesting. Not Something that I... um probably think about a lot necessarily Mm. because i think it's almost like the default is i feel like we're all multidisciplinary artists in so many ways like i agree look at i mean if you especially because you know that our definition of art is quite broad so you know if you're writing books and you're trying to sell them you're kind of doing two things yeah i agree there's the side and there's the writing side Um, so you're almost by default than going to be a multidisciplinary artist. Yeah.
0: I mean, being an artist, if we're going to take our art seriously, we're just going to have to have creativity in so many different fields. but yeah, I just, I want to talk about this because I think there are some pretty strong cultural narratives that hold us back from being all that we can be as multidisciplinary artists. I wrote about this in an email. If you're on my email list, I, ha- I wrote a big email about this the other day. and I can't believe how many people it resonated with. So I'm really, really glad we get to talk about it.
1: Can you, you I, refresh us on the content? Yeah, of
0: the I mean, I was basically just talking about how I think for multidisciplinary artists, artists that want to do lots, there's kind of um, a narrative culturally that's like, it's, it's audacious. It's too much. Like you're already trying to be one thing but you dare to be another like you're taking up too much space the narrative that we get fed is oh you if you want to be a writer you better niche down like the business talk you know niche down you got to find your one audience for that one thing and if you're really really lucky you'll be successful in that one thing so to be so audacious as to say no i want to be a poet and i want to do visual art um it's almost like we're taking up too much space it's almost too indulgent you know stepping out and saying i'm an artist a professional artist is already seen culturally as something that could be seen as indulgent or you know a bit too much but trying to take up space in multiple fields i think is often we just don't feel good about it i want to reverse that narrative
1: yeah i mean by the same token i think it's worthwhile trying to develop your skills or your voice or your thoughts in specific things but um you might be but you know the, like, for example the way you do it it's like you might or the way we do it is like you might be you're, we, you know podcasting and we're writing fiction and we're writing nonfiction so the non-fiction and the podcasting are on similar topics so we can still develop expertise there they just mm. they are different disciplines and mm. in how we put them out there yeah and you're in, you know if you consider your instagram posts art and your emails art. like they're all touching on some similar subject matter in some way, but they're different mediums.
0: Definitely. I want to get into this. I want to get into talking just, I mean, we are not the authority on this. I want to talk about how we can um, reach excellence and chase excellence while looking at different things. But before that, I think I want to talk about how, and I think this was a really useful kind of way of looking at multidisciplinary artists, is understanding that you are the art and i think a lot of us feel messy do we have multiple instagrams like how can we be this and that how do we create two audiences and i think for the, um you know in a holistic spiritual you know big sense but also in a business sense i think we all need to come back to the fact that you are the art and who it is that you are is the creativity and is the magic and for me that's certainly been helpful particularly in business to kind of bring back everything to me the artist and as I go ahead now to launch my nonfiction and fiction um, making sure that you know even though they are two really different streams and I will have two different audiences and like we spoke to Sarah last week about the podcasts she has two very different audiences for her nonfiction and fiction podcasts but we're bringing back everyone to remember that we are the art and we can do whatever the fuck we want because we are like the entity of creativity
1: definitely i think i mean this is why working on yourself as an artist working on yourself as a creative is so important because the more you can expand yourself as a creative the more skills you can develop that let you approach your creativity with ease and let you approach your creativity um mm. with joy the easier it's going to be to expand yourself i think you know, obviously it's going to be very hard for you to be a multidisciplinary artist if every time you come to your art it's like drawing blood from a stone like, yeah it's gonna be much easier if you can find a nice practice if you have a nice flowy creative practice it's going to be way better for yeah, you if you're
0: on your own side
1: and that's comes down to working on yourself like you are the art you yeah. are the thing that you're going to most prioritize working on yeah and that's going to expand your art and make it easier for you to do your art in any discipline
0: 100 percent. and also i think that the people that connect with your art even if it's over mo- multiple disciplines if they keep coming back to your essence and who it is you are they're going to be devoted to you
1: yeah and people you know you hear it all the time it's a bit of a cliche it's like people aren't really necessarily buying your product they're buying you You,
0: yeah Yeah and so that's I feel like that's been Something that I've been Really thinking about a lot As I go into like I mean, it's obviously both writing, but the, I'm, I'm branching out with a fiction, multi-fiction and then non-fiction disciplines, um, is that I I am there and my soul and essence is in both of these pieces of art and both of these places. And yes, they'll need different audiences and there'll be blends, but people are following me, the artist, and that's why I can do this. And that's why it's achievable in a business sense. It's because I'm building this business on who it is I am. And I, think it's just, I think it's an interesting approach to take for multidisciplinary artists for us to follow you as the artist and whatever it is you put your hand on we know we're interested in that so whether you're dancing or whether you're making music or whether you're writing you know books about fucking geography whatever it is we're interested in you therefore we're interested in the art that you make however it spans
1: yeah it's like to take it to a massive extreme you know if who's the most famous person in hollywood at the moment whoever they are think of who, think of the most famous person <laughs> you know in hollywood um and if they suddenly wanted to write a book You'd buy it.
0: Yeah. And they get that. And then, of course, like, they get that audience. Because yeah. we're like, well, what would, what what are they doing over there? Yeah. Or what even, would it look like? Matthew McConaughey just put out a book.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, that was obviously a biography. True. But I'm sure if you wanted to write fiction, people would buy it.
0: A hundred percent.
1: Or, you know, like Prince Harry's bringing out not um, a biography soon. But it's like, I'm sure if you wanted to write a fiction people would be interested in; they just buy it
0: yeah it's intriguing we're interested in the person yeah and that's what really I feel like that's such a big part of where we are at today like this hasn't always been the case um, but now because we get to see so much of the artist's life and but with social media and just with the modern world we are now much more interested in the artist so for those multidisciplinary artists who are like I just don't know how to brand myself I've got you know all these different brands for all these different things what if you are the brand and you don't need to split a multi you know compartmentalize your whole life with all different sections and showing up in all these different ways and you know having these segments of your soul dedicated to different parts of your art what if you really focus on you being the art and in the same way as what james was talking about before that means doting on yourself loving yourself making sure that your art practice is easy but it also means understanding that you are what they're interested in and that's probably gonna you know provoke a lot of ego stories what if i'm not good enough like it's it's quite an intense thing to say I think but all that resistance is something that you need to look into because I think that on the other side of that resistance is a really incredible multidisciplinary career well
1: it's the same thing that's going to hold you back from one career one career yeah. as well I mean they're the same problems that I think it's yeah um if you can really deal with that root problem or those root I don't want to say problem because you Re- are not a problem like uh resistances yeah mm. um it's going to only help and I really do think that I mean one of my favorite books of all time is Range by David Epstein where he talks about how it's really the very rare discipline where you actually have to just devote yourself to that one thing. So he's talking about, for example, the 10,000 hour rule and how um, it's only really applicable to some very niche things like chess, like golf, things where the variables are low. It's really only one um, type of, you know, in golf, it's just you, the ball, and the stick. Then you add in another player, say for tennis, and it's you, the bat, the ball, And another another player. 10,000 hour rule just breaks down completely. And it's much more about um, how well-rounded you are as an athlete. So then, for example, he talks about Roger Federer and how Roger Federer played a lot of sports growing up. Compare that to Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods only played golf.
0: Mm. Very
1: different disciplines. Writing, of course, is going to fall into that many variable things because you're dealing with, I mean, like, almost infinite possibilities. It's It's a game that can well all art sorry i I know i mentioned writing but all art has really infinite possibilities and you're drawing inspiration from everywhere and it's you and your interaction with the entire universe and the rest of like you know there's the way you interact with your audience it's like not just you and one other person like in tennis it's you and eight seven billion other people Mm. so it's only going to help you if you have range
0: yeah, that book to me fascinates me. Like, And I love this idea. And I don't think, again, it's not that cultural narrative that the more range you have, the more brilliant you can be, particularly as a creative. Um, I just think that's really enticing and not something we're told enough.
1: No, not at all. And it's such a... I mean, I've always intrinsically believed in this message as, message as well. It's like none of, nothing you're doing is wasted. Nothing you're doing is wasted time. Um, it's all just leading towards your abilities as an artist. You know, mm-hmm. if you feel like, "Oh, I haven't written in 10 years." Well, what have you been doing? Well, everything else you've been doing has been building you up to the point where you can write with more experience, yeah. you know? If you've waited 10 years and then it's all been bottling up inside of you, ready to be unleashed, and all the personal things you went through in those 10 years, are just going to enrich your experience.
0: Yeah. This used to really annoy me when I was stuck in a muggle job um, because obviously I fucking hated all my muggle jobs. But I had a lot of um, older writers tell me, oh, your muggle job is so important for your writing because you get all of this experience mm. and you can channel it into your writing. And, you know, that I can see the, the value in that. I just wanted to, like, kick them in the face at the time.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I all to, experience. I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to say is if you're someone who feels like you're too scattered to the wind and you haven't been able to drill down on anything well maybe that scattering you can that's some that's That's still useful it's still useful Um, and you're only going to be better when you do come to your art and you know if you you have been if you're a painter and suddenly you want to write novels your experience as a painter has heaps of crossover like the artistic process the ideation um it's all going to be worthwhile a
0: hundred percent i think it's so cool Mm. it's not just worthwhile i think it's like It's just so beneficial. I love it. I love the crossing over of the different arts.
1: I know they're closely tied together, but when I write poetry and I write fiction, I really feel like one's feeding off the other. Like the more poetry I write, the better I think my fiction is. I
0: love that. It's very cool. Yeah. Okay. So now I want to talk about how, for example, yesterday I was looking at maybe seven different projects that I'm currently working on and I wrote them all down and I was like, okay. And then I stared at them and I was like, oh and I just stared at them for about an hour and I was like i got seven different projects here they're all really you know not super linked um, obviously for me I'm not they were mostly writing projects not all of them but mostly they were writing um how do I how do I deal with having seven projects at a time? You know, we've got to make a balance and be careful about this not being shiny new object syndrome where we're procrastinating by just picking up a new object and we're never finishing anything else. We've got to be careful about procrastination and careful about perfectionism as multidisciplinary artists because I think, and I've spoken to a lot of artists who label themselves multidisciplinary artists and I, you know, under further inspection and under more coaching, we realize that this isn't, this is also deeply rooted in the fact that they are afraid to really focus on one thing.
1: Yeah. And I'm going to call, I'm going to call you out now. You have to be finishing projects.
0: Yeah, you do. You have
1: to be, it's all, you have to be closing projects. Um, Whether that's, I mean, not, even if that's not whole projects, you have to be finishing drafts. Like you have to be finishing versions of things like, and, and I do think you've got to be closing projects. If you're waiting around, if you're either polishing the same, the one project for years and years and years, or if you're, balancing between so many projects that you never finish a single one you've got to start getting in the habit of finishing because that's the only way you're going to make it as an artist
0: yeah and that's and again if you're if you're neglecting that finishing process it's not the generous way to create you know no one's experiencing what it is that you have to give um multidisciplinary artists are incredible magical and like there is so much you know there's so much magic in being able to cross over lots of different arts, but if you're not finishing your projects and yeah, we're, we're calling you out. Um, it's difficult to manage multiple projects, especially across disciplines. And I want to talk about that now, um, but we need to, we need to manage it. We need to look at how we can do it. And it can't be an excuse for never finishing. You can't be hiding behind the multidisciplinary label as to the reason why you're not finishing. Um, we need to deal with that because we we need what you have to give over all these different fields.
1: So I, you've got to have, In my view, you've got to have a primary project. I agree. And I have it at the moment. I'm finishing my second book while I'm writing my third. My third is much, much more interesting to me. All I want to do is work on my third novel. But I I can't. I'm not allowed to. Unless I've also worked on my second novel. So good. Otherwise, the second one's not going to get done. No, it will just get... And it deserves to get done. It needs to be done. Like, it's still a good book. I've just lost interest in it because I've been working on it for a year. You know? Mm. That's what happens naturally. You're not like a year is a long time or more or two or three people work on projects for 10 years. It's a long time. Yeah. Like, do you think George R. R. Martin's not sick of Winds of Winter by now?
0: <laughs> he must be so sick of he, it. He was
1: sick of it eight <laughs> years ago, but you know, like, and he's not finishing it. Like there, there's a good reason he's not finishing because he's sick of it. It's, it's about like trying to break through that, being sick of it and trying to make sure that you still finish even when you're sick, sick of the project. Otherwise you're going to be a George R. R. Martin. You're going to take 10 years to write your book.
0: Yeah yeah there's a discipline that is required here discipline is required of all artists but of multidisciplinary artists even more so so that we can watch you over this incredible you know plethora of things that you do but we have to be able to watch you and if we're going that means you have to be able to finish things and
1: it's back to bare minimum it's like you don't have to like devote seven hours to your primary project project every day it's just that's if you've committed to a project just make sure you're doing a little bit of it every day so it's like Well, I want to do this shiny new project, but I've got to do 10 minutes with my old project. Yeah. If I want to do that new project just to make sure it's still pushing along and getting done
0: yeah I think there's something terribly vulnerable about picking a project if you haven't if you're not in a practice of prioritizing a project and like if you are in the state right now where you have seven different projects and you're like trying to balance them all but none of them are really getting done I'm really asking you to pick one to focus on and that does not mean neglecting the six but it does mean focusing on one so that it can get done and I think there's something really vulnerable about putting your eggs in you know more eggs in that basket I'm not asking you to put all of your eggs in the basket I'm asking you to put more and there's something vulnerable about telling the world and by your actions that I'm going to invest in this um, because I think it's worthwhile. Whereas like dabbling in and out of anything, the the risk isn't as high because you're not investing as much in everything.
1: I agree. It's so much more vulnerable to follow through and to finish something. Yeah. Um, in many ways, you know, it's much, it's so much, it's harder to finish. Yeah. Oh, oh no.
0: sorry guys. That was, we're meant to meditate now.
1: If anyone... That could be a reminder to anyone, there's something you're forgetting to do. What is it?
0: (laughs) Sorry, what was I saying?
1: I have no idea. Fuck. It was the vulnerable thing. Oh, yeah, the
0: vulnerable thing. Just to pick one and focus on it. For me, yesterday, I spent a long time looking at all these different projects. um, And, you know, it did take me a while to kind of get my head around it. Because I was like, what am I wanting to focus on here? Obviously, I've got my uh, novel that I'm writing at the moment, Jack. She is my priority. Um, I write 500 words a day of her. I have to do her first but now I need to look at all the others and so at the moment I've just written all my projects up on a board um, and I'm going to be looking at how much time I spend on each of them so every day that I work on them I give it a tick and then after a few weeks I'm just going to look at like how many projects have gotten how many ticks and what needs more attention what needs less um, and just kind of keeping track of all the different projects that I'm working on and the time I'm spending on them so that I can see which ones I'm neglecting and I can pump the numbers up and I can see which ones I'm over-investing in. Or if I want to be over-investing in them, I can, you know, I can alter it. Keeping track of it all.
1: I also think, like, sometimes you can be a dick to yourself and you can, you've can you got too much on at the moment, in my Me? opinion. Me? Yeah.
0: I mean, there are lots of projects and they don't need to be done tomorrow. Yeah,
1: exactly. But I think, I, I think putting them on your to-do list is in some way, like, Like you were saying the other day, you were sitting there looking at your list and Mm. it was overwhelming. And I think putting them all on that list, I wouldn't have put half that shit on my list. (sighs) (laughs) I don't put things on my list because I don't want to look at them and be freaked out by them.
0: They don't freak me out, they excite me.
1: Fair enough. I mean, maybe you're
0: right. I mean, like, I think there's definitely a point where you just put too much on there and you're like, oh my God. And it's impossible to be giving that much time to everything.
1: But but it's like you were saying, is there self-sabotage in going too broad? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. one project cool two projects great three projects nice four projects
0: how many projects do i have on there
1: well i mean some of them are much smaller than others like you've got they're small consistent emails and like
0: yeah content
1: yeah content and stuff but
0: there's seven there's seven no you know, i mean it's a really it's a good call out i think you know too so often we just are like oh we want to do all the things and we and you know i admire that ambition obviously like i have that ambition i love to create i want to make so much shit um and it's really cool but perhaps we don't need to be looking at them each day and i
1: know you're going to be able to handle it because i know you've taken the time to develop a really nice easeful, yeah creative practice and i know that you're going to fill it with rest and puzzling and things yeah. like that but i think if you you would have taken that stuff on two years ago the same amount and absolutely you would have broken yourself. me.
0: Absolutely yeah. broken me, yeah. Yeah, if you know that you're someone and you're not not there yet, you're right, James. Like two years ago, if I had written seven projects up on the wall and then stared at them each day, I would have absolutely cracked and felt completely not enough.
1: Whereas I know you're going to just slowly chip your way through all of yeah. them now. And it's not going to be too bad.
0: And the ticks each day for me, like I don't expect to tick every... I expect to tick one or two things each day. I will always tick Jack because I know I work on Jack each day. But the other ones, you know... I'm hoping to get one or two ticks a week. Yeah. So it's like a slow accumulation of progress. But that's the intention. It's not to like tick everything every day. Yeah. My yeah. my expectations are extraordinarily low.
1: You know, and if it's, if, say, some things also you don't need to work on every day, like this podcast. We do not. We do it once a week. Yeah. So that's a nice thing to have. That's a nice project to have because it doesn't require us to think about it every single day. Yeah. Writing a book, for me, I have to be working on it every day. Otherwise, I lose my train of thought. It doesn't get done.
0: Yeah, novels are very much of a consistency thing. Um, other projects don't need it. Yeah. Big novels.
1: I mean, other big creative projects that you're really devoted to. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: but, you know, I've got an email list. I want to send an email. To every, or I've got a blog. I want to write a blog every week. These, yeah. are, these are things that can happen. Slowly. So if you maybe your strategy would be, like Amy, you've done with your list. is You've got a few ones. that You've got... At least some things in your list that don't need to be done every day. Yeah. So you have multiple projects, but they're not multiple projects that happen every day. Yeah, exactly. So it's like the primary project, or maybe the primary two projects are things that can happen every day. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, this is just my strategy at the moment for handling multiple projects. I, you know, I speak to a lot of multidisciplinary artists who who um, section off their days. You know, they dance on certain days because that's a community thing. They go to dancing. And then, you know, they do that on other days. Like there are ways to structure this, but I think it does keep coming back to discipline and it keeps coming up to showing up for that bare minimum. So we're not overloading ourselves. We're already, you know, doing the brave thing um, by creating. Then we're not already doing the brave thing by creating and creating in multiple fields. So let's, you know, be fucking gentle with ourselves when it comes to what we expect from ourselves.
1: You know, and I think something else to think about is creating in seasons. Like you might have Mm. a season when you want to direct... A short film you might have a season when you want to write a short story yeah you might have a season when you want to go really hard on a podcast or something like
0: yes of course you will
1: and you don't have to be doing it all at the same time and there's no rush to do it all at the same time you can mm. do it, and it's like giving yourself a little bit of extra space can can almost always be a good thing
0: yes oh of course i mean art is so seasons we are seasonal creatures as humans and our creativity comes in seasons i think a lot of us really like to claim titles so like oh I'm a you know I write screenplays and I I dance and I act and but if you haven't done them in like a year you feel like you're losing like that part of your identity yeah when we need to just kind of again lay back and realize that you know that art that art form is always going to be with us but it hasn't been the season for it yeah I haven't drawn in ages Mm. I mean I've never you know that doesn't mean I can't draw
1: yeah of course not Of course not. Yeah. It's just waiting for you. It's just
0: waiting for you and and trusting that your art is waiting for you again. Like, I think, again, it comes a lot back down to that self trust, knowing that you will eventually get there, which means that you need to have the consistent patterns of showing up for yourself so that you can trust yourself later down the line. And you get that trust by showing up for yourself in tiny ways each day. Which
1: is why I'm saying, you know, develop the core skill of being a professional artist. Yeah. Develop the core skill of daily discipline with your art. Yes. And daily ease with your art. And that's just going to translate to anything you want to do. It's basically going to turn you into a super weapon for making art. Yes. If you can just get the rhythm right, like then you can just build momentum in anything you want to do. Yes. It's just these foundational skills.
0: I just can't keep agreeing with you more. Yeah. If um, I just, I think, you know, for a lot of... Multidisciplinary artists. We've got big fucking dreams, big fucking ambitions. But if you really truly want this, we have to get back to the ego shattering baby ways of showing up for ourselves each day, because that is where you become a professional artist, and that is where you can build huge fucking careers.
1: You've so got important. you've got to be a, like you know a flywheel where you where you pull on it once and it keeps the, the motor keeps on spinning. Yeah, you know, that's what you've got to be to produce. The work that you dream of producing and that you want to produce like that's the best easiest way to get there
0: yes Mm -mm.
1: And, and you can do it without killing yourself you can do it without um you know burning out you can do it without
0: yes of course it being difficult uh that's a great thing to bring up james like i think you know a lot of what we've been talking about is you know working and creating but like we can be extraordinarily successful multidisciplinary artists without burning out without spending every second of our day on our art because again we have that trust that if we don't work with our piano for three months we can come back because we'll have a new season with the piano and if, you know, we need to have rest, we can allow ourselves rest and we need that relationship of trust to be there so that we don't burn out. Because if we don't trust ourselves, all we're going to do is crack the whip, push ourselves, push ourselves, push ourselves, and we're going to burn
1: out. You you know, at at some point, you've got to develop that trust by...
0: By showing up tiny ways each day. In tiny ways each day. Tiny ways each day. Mm. I'd love to talk quickly just about branding because, again, like a lot of people, I know I was briefly touched on this before, but a lot of people ask me, like... I'm a poet, but I'm also a musician. Do I need multiple Instagram accounts? And, you know, obviously this is... And you, do I need multiple branding? Do I need different websites? And this was something we thought about for fiction as well. Do I want a whole new website for my fiction? Do I want to keep it all on my website? Mm. Like, and, and this is going to be really individual for every single person. But for me, again, I'm coming back to this real ethos of it's Amy. Like, you're following Amy, no matter what I do. Yeah. And so we're keeping the same website. I'm not making multiple pages for the, my different practices. Like, um,
1: What about the unpublished podcast instagram that's true we
0: made an unpublished super podcast super important instagram. awesome
1: instagram that we have that's true
0: that's a way that we've deviated but a bit. i guess it's
1: because that was a, a something for the two of us mm,
0: versus yeah. just me. when
1: it was just you doing the podcast yeah i wouldn't have done that yeah
0: yeah But again like that's totally up to you but i know it really burdens people like how to compartmentalize your art but i'm just going to give the suggestion of like do you need to compartmentalize all your different art can you bring it back to who just you you the artist you know what let's show your face and like bring it back to who you are let's show you i know that's what sarah um was saying about the podcast like her website is her face now it's like you're there for sarah um
1: she puts like you know her
0: appearance there because when we've Look at Sarah. We see her as the artist, and then we see her art.
1: And you can you can follow Sarah's right now Instagram and her Girl mm. in Space Instagram. But she has the Sarah Wern Instagram, where she shows up as herself as mm. well. Yeah, that's true. So, that she does it in. So she ways. makes sure she has the her own face up there, mm. so you can get to know her.
0: Yeah, my personal preference for me right now is to stay unified mm. because I think it's less complicated. And I think that we need to be brave enough to alienate some audiences. Um, you know, like, so for example, like, it really makes me nervous to talk about sex and, you know, my journey in the Christian church, which, because that's a lot of my story behind my new book, The Rules Upheld by No One, because my page has been about creativity and and how we go on a creative journey, Um and the bravery here is reminding myself I'm here to show up fully as myself. I don't want to hide parts of myself on Inspired to Write on my Instagram page. So therefore, I need to run the risk of alienating people on my Instagram page to fully take up space in my fiction arena. Also,
1: it's not a risk because ideally, if someone unfollows you, that's great because they they weren't one of your people anyway. Exactly. They were never going to be there for you. They are going to be supporting you if they unfollow you because you've slightly changed or like you've... Step I've taken out more you step space. into a new thing. Yeah, it's good to have them gone.
0: Yes. and also it will attract new people who are yeah. again more aligned and more likely to mm. support my new endeavors and also probably my old endeavors.
1: Can I also say just from a financial point of view, it's actually a massive advantage to be a multidisciplinary artist. Oh because my God huge You ideally, if you can, you want to have multiple income streams. Yeah. so that's just a If you can get and bring multiple creative things to market, huge advantage.
0: Oh my God.
1: Because you've just got a bigger audience, you've got more products out there, you've got a bigger backlog. Like, these are great things. You want to give people the most opportunity to buy from you as possible, basically. Yes. If you want to make a living as an artist.
0: Yes. Yes. I mean, I think it's just the biggest boon financially to, to have multi-disciplines. Yeah. Um, I love it.
1: Yeah. Or even just multiple product types. Yeah. Like, they can they can buy... Like, for Amy, like you can buy the courses, you can buy the books... You can be in the collective. It's just different options for people yeah. that might suit their needs better, and
0: the different creative skills to go behind all of them. Mm. Um, and so, in that way, I see myself as multidisciplinary because you know, well, hundred using...
1: percent. Because one is it, you're it's coaching yeah. for the collective, it's teaching,
0: yeah, speaking, speaking, yeah,
1: for the courses, yeah, um, and it's teaching as well for the collective. But it's it's more coaching than I mean, it's both, but um, it's more lecturing in the course in the courses, yeah, and then the books is uh, writing, yeah. So different, different,
0: different ways. Skills. I mean, they're different all creative
1: riffs on teaching, but yeah. they're all different mediums.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: And that's kind of what we're talking about. It's like Amy is the teacher. Yeah, that's her core identity, and then it's the different ways you can approach that. Yeah, and yeah. then even stepping into fiction, it's like you're stepping into Amy's journey yeah. there through yeah, her fiction.
0: Are. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Cool. Is there anything else we've missed there? What it takes to walk the multidisciplinary path
1: no amy that was 100 percent anything you'll ever need to know yeah you can close the book on it
0: you're done don't you're learn done. don't anymore. never
1: learn anything else if you ever if anyone ever tries to teach you about this say sorry i'm done i've listened to listened one to episode the of the unpublished podcast i don't need it <laughs> in fact don't read range by david epstein don't because i've just taught you everything
0: <laughs> i i personally feel that i've read range but i haven't i've just heard james talk to me that's about your strategy it. for all books it's a very good strategy
1: I'm her research assistant. It's nice. I enjoy it because that's what I want to (laughs) do.
0: All right, guys. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Also, thank you. There were so many of you responded to my... um Little speech last episode about leaving us a review we had quite a few nice cute little reviews coming through. Very grateful.
0: We're very grateful. It makes me very
1: happy to see.
0: And as we said before, we have a new um, Instagram page. It's the it's unpublished podcast. So you can come and be with us on that Instagram page. Just kind of wanted a space to share a bit more of what we do here, um, and to also m- properly connect with people who are listening because obviously we can't really connect with you right
1: here right now. And when I when we remember the password <laughs> to get into the page, I'm sure there'll be a more story content
0: james and i was sitting here we were like let's make a new instagram we start we got the name and then we made up this password which we proceeded to laugh at for about an hour
1: It was so funny and we
0: were like this is the funniest password we'll never forget it because it
1: was a mnemonic so it was like we did like the first letters yeah. of the phrase
0: of this really funny phrase that we thought was so funny and I
1: cannot remember it it's been it gave what, us joy it
0: gave us joy for like two no hours idea. but who the fuck and we knows? can't
1: we don't want to do password reset because we're like sure we're going to remember it and it's about the battle
0: i just feel like one day we're just going to say it i agree anyways thank you so much we love you lots we'll see you next week
1: Bye.